On today's show, are the Dallas Mavericks looking for an option that's cheaper than Mitchell Robinson at center even? And is Kendall Brown the, the wing that the Mavs need to take a swing on in the draft? We'll talk about all that and more on today's Locked on Mavs. I'm Luka Doncic and this is Locked on Mavericks Podcast. Hey, hey, I don't believe we shouldn't be here. You're locked on to the Dallas Mavericks. My name is Nick Engstead, media member and NBA channel manager for the Locked On Podcast Network. Thanks for making Locked On Mavs your first listen every day. We are free and available on all platforms, including YouTube. But the best way to help us grow the show is to comment anything below. Let us know what you think about. Mitchell Robinson, should the Mavericks go after Mitchell Robinson? If he costs $11 million, should they still go after him? Should they try something else? And what other options do you think the Mavs should go after? Let us know that. Also, today's episode is brought to you by Arcade 1UP. Bring home a slam dunk. Introducing NBA Jam Shaq Edition. Pre-order now to play with Legends. Arcade 1UP is the place for authentic gaming experiences featuring licensed retro games from the golden age of arcade. You're going to want to hear this one later in the show. We'll talk about all that, how you can enter to win a uh, NBA Jam console for your house. And joining me, as always, my co-host, writer, contributor at Mavs.com, the boom shakalaka boy, the one more thinking. What you got for me, Isaac Harris? All right, big news today for me. I played first pickup game in like six months. Wow. It's been a bit. Ever since we moved, I lost my spot I used to play at. And uh, I just went down to a local place, local park, played outside, feeling it. I'm you, not on hold, on. hold on, hold on. For those that don't live in Dallas, Texas right now, you went outside and we have a heat advisory. It was yeah. 111 degrees the other day outside. And I had to get some like lab work and stuff today at the doctor. So I was like, yeah, because you were dehydrated and you passed out for playing pickup outside. Honestly, we talked about dehydration at my doctor's appointment today. But I say all that to say it was so good. Get back playing. And I also want to say, if you live in like the the mid cities uh, area of Dallas DFW in like the you know H E B area, and you you play indoor, get up in my DMs. <laughs> I would love to play indoor somewhere. <laughs> Um, yes, I would love to play in an air-conditioned environment <laughs> because play playing outside indoor. today. Yeah, I'm feeling it, though. It was it was good. It was good to get uh, some buckets. Insane. All right. Not on Koo's level, though. <laughs> I'm not on, Koo, not Koo, on Koo's level. Koo Cahill, Locked On Pistons, may be our best basketball player on the Locked On NBA channel. Or he's the only one who films it. He's like the he's like Willie Cauley Stein. He'll film his like highlights, <laughs> clip this and send it to Koo. He'll 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 post his highlights of the uh, game. On today's show, um, on today's show, there is a rumor. Oh, let's go. Rumor has it that the Mavericks are. We saw Adele in the Bay. We didn't. That the Mavs. Are, she was at the game. That's true. Yeah. She was. The Mavs are are not going to go after Mitchell Robinson. And that they're looking at cheaper options at center. We'll also talk about uh, their rumor that the Philadelphia 76ers are exploring options involving the 23rd pick and Danny Green. They need somebody with a trade exception. You got one of those. And then uh, John Hollinger had his projections for free agents, which is his board, B-O-R-D. His board projection, Jalen Brunson's number may shock you. (laughs) 
later on. So we'll talk about that. And then we'll profile Kendall Brown, the wing from Baylor. Interesting prospect that I have a definitive, I have a definitive answer on, not even doing much homework on him at all. Uh, and so we'll talk about that later. In the show. Just say he's a dynamic process. Gotcha. <laughs> Everybody's making fun of me for saying dynamic so much on the last show. <laughs> that was the word of the day. Today's word of the day is cheaper. <laughs> According to the New York Post, which is uh, Berman, Mark, Mark Berman, that's his first name? Yeah. Knows all kinds of stuff about the Knicks. He's always posting sources about the Knicks. He's got some kind of in there. Said, quote, Meanwhile, an NBA source said, Center starved Dallas is not expected to be interested in Knicks center Mitchell Robinson at his hefty price tag of at least $11 million per year and have set their sights on cheaper free agent centers. Isaac Harris. First, what are your thoughts on Mitchell Robinson at $11 million, And what do you think about the Mavericks going after somebody cheaper than even that? Well, first off, he, they don't have the money. So that's that's, that's the whole thing right there. That's that's yeah. most of it. Yeah, so as soon as it, it said, "Hey, Mitchell Robinson, 11 million dollars." Mike, all right, well whether they liked him or not, they don't have the cap to go to get him. So, you know, I've seen some Mavs fans are like, "What? We're not interested in Mitchell Robinson?" I'm like, "Okay, well, there's a difference between saying we're not interested at all and we're not interested in him at 11 million because we don't have 11 million dollars." So, what it does tell me, though, if, if that is like the general consensus of Mavericks thinking, it does tell me it's like, hey, we're going the bullpen route and we're confident that we can get a difference maker down low for that mid-level exception or the, the taxpayer exception. Which is about which about $6 million, which yeah, is yeah. what they're looking at. So unless they can convince, convince Mitchell Robinson to go for about half of what he's going to get, and say, hey, play a one-year prove-it deal, Like, unless they can convince him to do that, then Mitchell Robinson is just priced out. Now, they could try and pull off a trade for him, say, would you do Dwight and 26 for Mitchell Robinson? I don't With know. a sign-in trade? I don't know. Would you do Davis Bertans and like Mitchell Robinson plus, can they add something else to a sign-in trade? Uh, yeah, well... If know. it's that, then you're giving up money. It's just the fact that you're giving up the first and expiring of Dwight. You would be paying Mitchell Robinson, you know, at least 10 to 12 million. Do you believe in him that much to be? Yeah. I don't know. Maybe there's probably people listening that do believe in him that much. I, I believe in him. I think he could be a really good option for the Mavs. I think that, that coming, especially since the Mavs have such a good track record of Knicks players coming to the Mavs now, just seems like a, there's like a pipeline of Knicks players. But he could be a Tyson Chandler like starter kit. Honestly, he could though. He's got all those tools, and, and, but he's 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 like a bigger version of, of uh, of obviously of what Nerlens Noel was. But he's he's got those he's got moves. He defends the rim well. Like he's a really good pick and roll guy. Like there's just some good potential with him. The problem is the Mavs can't afford that, and so they'd have to make a trade for him if he's going to make that if he's going to demand that much money. Unless they can convince him to do the six million dollar man. He's route. only. He's only made around $6 million total in his career in the first four years. Because remember, he's a second-round pick. So typically, I feel like these guys will lean towards the money to where if New York's offering him a deal that's $11, $12 million a year, multi-year, it's probably smart for him to take that money. Yes, but imagine but imagine if you will. Imagine no. Imagine all the centers. Okay. <laughs> imagine, though, he takes a one-year deal, $6 million, a prove-it deal, to play, to play next to Luka, definitely by far the best passer, best player, best point guard he's ever played with. He goes and he dominates. They win like a series or two. He's making a big impact, all that. And all of a sudden, 
he hits next year as a free agent and makes like 20 million a year. Yeah, I mean, that's a very realistic scenario for sure. Did you hear that, Mitchell Robinson? That's a realistic <laughs> scenario. Yeah. And so, but if you're Dallas and you say, all right, well, why is Dallas looking at cheaper options? Then maybe this is where the connections come in. Maybe this is where the relationships that we hear about with Nico and everything that's thrown out there of Jason Kidd and players want to play for Jason Kidd. Is there a big out there that takes a discount? If it's not Mitchell Robinson, if he's going to make $11 million and that's what he wants, maybe Dallas is confident that they can get another big at that cheaper cost, the $6 million mark, and say, hey, come play with Luka in Dallas. And you start looking across the board and you're like, all right, who's some of these guys out there? Like, would Nurkic come to Dallas and play for $6 million? I don't know. Like, that's a that's a good like sacrifice of money right there. Yeah. Considering he made what? I think 12. I could be wrong on that. Last His contract time. was not he yeah, he did he did like a four-year 44 million dollar, if I remember, deal like a while ago. Um, yeah. so yeah, he, that's what he was making about. Uh, I got some other cheaper options for you. You ready for some yeah. of these? Throw them at me. Don't say white side. White side? <laughs> <laughs> Mo Bamba. JaVale McGee is one. Okay. That's a good one. He just played. Uh, do you think Thomas Bryant would do a prove-it deal? Well, I feel like he is in the prove-it range. Yeah. For sure. Mo Bamba's a restricted free agent, so that one's tough. Um, but, I am fascinated to see what happens with Bamba. But you could go after him. take chat. Um, Dwayne Dedman. Okay. I don't know. That's not really moving the needle a ton. Um, and then here's an interesting one that I know other other Mavs uh, YouTuber slightly biased has been talking about for a while is uh, Isaiah Hartenstein. Mm. Isaiah Hartenstein pushed his way through, like pushed his way right past Serge Ibaka and was like, I'm going to be the backup center for this Clippers team. I was listening to lockdown Clippers, the Clipper bros for a, a while this year. They were just kept, they kept talking. We need more minutes for Hartenstein. We need more minutes for Hartenstein. They kept saying that over and over again. And he played pretty well. I feel, I feel like every time he played against the Mavs, he did well. He's 24 years old. He's an unrestricted free agent. Six million dollars for him. That's all of a sudden a, you know, a good deal. And then, I don't know. Is that the other option for the Mavericks? But is he worth like the full six? That that's my only thing is I'm trying to look at guys like Kavon Looney. I'm trying to look at a guy like oh he's, Chris I mean, he's way past Looney's like I didn't even write him down this time. But like, but that's the that was the mindset I'm thinking of though. Is there a guy that we're like, hey, he's past six million? Maybe he's at like ten, but the relationship of Nico and Jason Kidd and stuff's like, all right, come here and play this. We're going to be contending, whether it's a Bobby Portis, it's a Chris Boucher from Toronto. Is there a guy that's going to surprise us that takes that money? I got a couple options for you in trades that could be, that'll be quote unquote cheaper than Mitchell Robinson, yeah. but also the Mavericks could acquire in a trade. So we'll talk about those guys coming up. Also, the Sixers are shopping the number 23 pick and Danny Green. He's going to be out for the year, but the Mavericks have a trade exception. Should they go after that kind of deal? We'll talk about that and more coming up. But before we do, oh, baby. You ready for this? Oh, I'm so ready. Boom shakalaka. We have big news. The one and only NBA Jam is back. Arcade 1-Up, the leader in home retro arcade games, not only bringing the best game ever back, but they've made it bigger than ever with a wait for it. Shaq edition, Shaq oh, yeah. edition, NBA jam. 
People are obsessed with NBA Jam. I've loved NBA Jam since I was a kid and especially love the stand-up consoles. And you can get these for your house. You can get a stand-up NBA Jam console machine for your house and it's not going to be thousands and thousands of dollars. I always thought that it would be thousands of dollars. I saw like Shea Serrano one time get one in his in his office and I was so jealous. I was like, damn, that guy's doing really well. He's doing really well that he's getting that NBA Jam machine. And then I, then I found Arcade One Up when they became a sponsor. I started looking through their site and I said, this is possible. I could get one of these. Like I can buy one of these. You can get one at uh, arcade1up.com. The Shack Edition NBA Jam is available for pre-order right now on arcade1up.com. That's arcade the number one up.com for an estimated early September ship date. They have another NBA Jam, but they also have this Shack Edition coming out soon. You can get all kinds of other classics too. Golden Tee, Mortal Kombat. They had an X-Men game. They have all kinds of different ones. Many others starting at just $400. $399 this is where some of these machines start with. So check it out. They're also giving away an NBA Jam Shack Edition to one Locked On listener. Oh. Giving away. I actually think it's more than one, but the giving away to, to a Locked On listener. Enter for a chance My to life. win. Do you hear that? Enter for a chance to win a game console for your man cave or your office, wherever. Arcade1up.com slash Locked On. Arcade, the number one, up.com slash Locked On. You got till July 8th to enter, but don't, don't wait till then. Enter right now. To get an NBA Jam Shack Edition console. Don't miss now. Boom shakalaka. Who are you going to play with? Dallas. <laughs> the ultimate NBA mock draft starts June 16th with over 50 insiders. Nothing equals the ultimate NBA mock draft podcast. You can get it on the ultimate mock draft feed wherever you get your podcast. Odyssey insiders. NBA uh, local experts from Locked On. Isaac and I made a trade. You're not going to want to miss the trade that we made with uh, a team. Another Western we, Conference we team. We moved up in the moved draft. Moved up. We did it. And created some roster flexibility for yes, later Yes, we did. Yes, we did. Uh, so go check it out. Starts June 16th. The ultimate NBA mock draft. Search it wherever you get your podcast. All right, Isaac Harris. We've been talking about this. Boomer has it. That from the New York Post that the Mavericks are not expected to be interested in Mitchell Robinson. He's going to cost about $11 million a year. They have their sights set on a cheaper free agent. So we'll be talking about some cheaper ones. We talked about Mo Bamba, you know, uh, JaVale McGee, Isaiah Hartenstein, a couple of tradable guys. The guys that we mentioned before, obviously like Miles Turner, you can trade for him. He's more expensive. He's making $18 million, but it's an expiring deal. So you could trade for him. We've talked about him a lot. You can go check out some of our other episodes about him. Um, He's not necessarily cheaper, but Rashawn Holmes, I mentioned a sure. trade with him last week uh, in our, I think it was our Friday show, if you want to go listen to that. Um, but I mentioned a trade for him that could be possible. A lot of people in the comments said, oh, I could see that deal happening. He is maybe played out of the rotation. He's making $11.2 million this upcoming year, $12 million next year, twelve point eight the next year after that. So he's, he's not necessarily cheaper, but he's right there in that range. The Mavs would have to trade for him, but that's an option. Yeah, yeah, I like you. Know, you threw out a deal, um, you know, on that trade up or that draft day trade, you know, possibility. It was like Rashawn Holmes, one of their second round picks to move up to twenty six, and basically Dallas would like move from the first round to the second round, but pick up Holmes into. I think he can fit into the exception, right? He can't fit in the exception, but they they can, oh no no he can they can send Burke if he picks up his option. They can send Sterling Brown. They can send Josh Green, and then all of a sudden you've. You've made enough to where you can make it work. Now, here's the two guys. Here's the three guys I think the Mavs could go after in a trade as a cheaper option. If this is the, a real rumor, Boomer has it. the Mavs are going to go cheaper than 11 million. 
Jakob Pertl from the Spurs, $9.4 million. He's an expiring deal. So that all of a sudden becomes an option for the Mavs if they want to make a trade. He could fit right in the trade exception. You send the 26th pick for Jakob Pertl. Is that something you'd be interested in? The Mavs want to win now center? I would be fascinated with how the fan base feels about that. Because yeah. I could be I could be convinced either way on that one. I'm in. I'm in on that one. That's I, I know you're in. I'm in. I've been in on Pirtle. Every time I watch him play the Mavs, I I I've liked his rim protection. And I just think he doesn't he's not the perfect center. He's not like the best rim runner. He's not the best at a bunch of other things, but defensively, he could help the Mavs. Um, Zubots is another one that I think you've been in. He has a team option yeah. for seven million next year, so that's an expiring deal. If the Clippers pick that up and decide they want to trade, they could just trade for the Mavs for the twenty-six pick and into the trade exception, and boom! All of a sudden, you got a cheaper option than Mitchell Robinson. Got it in a trade, uh, and then you know all of a sudden you've you've got that taken care of. Daniel Gafford is my last one. This one's sneaky. Yeah, he's fine. This one's yeah. sneaky because. He, he has a deal coming up where he'll be making $12.4 million, but that doesn't kick in until next, next season. So not like this upcoming season. This upcoming season, he only makes $1.9 million. So that's a, one of those where it could be a trade. You could get the center that has the same impact. Like him and Mitchell Robinson, toss up for me. I, I think Mitchell Robinson's better if he's more engaged and comes in in shape. He came in out of shape this year, dealt with some foot things. But uh, Daniel Gafford and him are, are right there. So those are some more center options. We'll talk about them more throughout the year, but... Um, we've talked about those guys before as well. Yeah, especially because you know Wizards have a superstar and Porzingis that they're building. <laughs> and they they're not going to trade for Davis or Spencer Dinwiddie, so that <laughs> limits the Mavs' options in a trade. There. All right, according to Kevin O'Connor from the Ringer, the 76ers are quote exploring trades involving number 23 and Danny Green. Danny Green, if you remember playing for the Sixers, tore both his ACL and his LCL. That's that's a real thing. We have to get Dr. Brian on to tell me what an LCL is. I'd never heard of that ligament. Don't know what that is. But he's going to be out for the year for sure. But he's a $10 million expiring contract. He's this $10 million contract that's just sitting there on the books for the Sixers. They're now exploring trades to try and get off that contract using the 23rd pick. Isaac, is this something the Mavs should look at? Because Danny Green fits right into that trade exception. Yeah, I mean, it's easy for us to say yes just because we're not spending the money, the tax it's money. not my money. <laughs> I can do what I want to. Yeah, so it's Mark's money, but... <laughs> I mean, here's the thing. It's like if Phoenix, or if Philadelphia is legitimately saying, hey, we just want to save that money. We want to save the $10 million. We want to save it off our luxury tax bill too. We don't really need another rookie on their team. Here you go. Somebody take Danny Green. We'll just give you the 23rd pick. It feels like they wouldn't do that. But if they did, I think Dallas should, should pounce on it, whether Danny Green plays, you know, he's not going to play next year. One, it gives you it gives you another expiring contract that you can use in a future trade. We've yep. seen like Ricky Rubio wasn't playing. His contract got used for a deal yep. this past year. But also it gives you the 23rd pick to where now you have 23, you have 26. Do you then you could package that to move up move if you want to go get a guy, bring in two first rounders, make the trade, trade 26 or trade 23 for Yaka Pertle or whoever it is, and then you still have another first round. So I, I actually Dallas is one of the few teams that would have the exception to just absorbing for nothing. So that would actually be, that would be a move. I'd be like, man, hats off to you, Nico. I like that. You could get two first round picks and then use them to move off of like Hardaway and Bertans and then just create like a, a bunch of space in a couple of years. Yeah, you could do that. You could do that. Or you could right? move up for Tari Eason. <laughs> and what would this cost the Mavs? It would cost the Mavs a ton in luxury tax, right? Because yeah. they're they're adding ten million dollars, even though they're at this this point of. I think they would even have to shed some money 
to make this deal happen because of the hard cap. But it would just basically what would it, at the end of the day, they could make it happen. And Mark Cuban would just have to the wine, the wine, the wine. And the remember wine. the exception, the exception, uh, you know, it expires at the end of June. So it's like basically like right after the draft, the exception is going to expire. Yeah. And so they couldn't, uh, oh, it, it's after the draft. So they could even do yeah. the exception. And if they wanted to swap picks and go from 26 to 23, if they wanted to do that. Mm. Yeah, I guess. It's not as good for the Mavs, but it's moving yeah. up three spots. Somebody they want is right there. It's an option yeah. for them. So this one's interesting. I find that, I find that really fascinating. Um, let's talk about Jalen Brunson here. Brunson is uh is gonna be a free agent. We all know this has been a big topic among Mavs fans. John Hollinger, former, you know, former front office guy for the Minnesota or the uh, Memphis Grizzlies, and he's been working at ESPN. He's now at the Athletic. He has this algorithm called BORD, where he goes through and he says, Okay, I'm gonna t- punch in all these numbers, punch in all this stuff, and it's going to spit out what we think that this guy is going to make in free agency. And then he puts them in tiers, and then it shows up, okay, these are the guys making max, these are the guys in this range, these are the guys in this range. Jalen Brunson, Isaac Harris, came up in this board ranking making $29 million next year. That's a lot. The wine, the wine... You could buy a lot of wine. What was your that. initial reaction when you heard tw- when you read twenty nine point three seven one two nine four million dollars for Jalen Brunson next year? I was like, "Holy crap!" You know uh, that he's doing that- well. My son's doing well. <laughs> I mean, JB, get your money if you can get that. Then go get it on a personal. I mean, for Dallas, you got to pay it whatever it is. But man, that's a lot of money. That's a lot of money. It's a ton. Like it's done. And coming up, let's talk about what that would mean for the Mavericks. Could they give him $29 million? Is that evaluation way too high? Why is it too high? And then what would it mean if he makes that instead of like 20 million a year? Talk about that coming up. And then we'll also do our draft profile for Kendall Brown, the wing out of Baylor. We'll talk about all that coming up. But before we do, let me tell you about Rock Auto. With the ever-increasing number of makes and models of cars, it's impossible for your local chain auto parts store to stock all the parts that you need. Why would you endure often? Pointless, seemingly intimidating questioning at the dealership, at the local chain store where there's a guy there making not enough money. He's annoyed. He It's hot because it's Texas and he's outside and he's like, I don't want to deal with this anymore. And so he rips you off or whatever. Go to rockauto.com. They have the same prices for every single person. They have the same for mechanics. They have the same for do-it-yourselfers. Go check it out. They have everything you need, brake parts, tail lamps, motor oil, even new carpet. Go to rockauto.com right now. See all the parts available for your car or truck. Right locked on in there. How did you hear about us, Box? They know that we sent you. It's amazing selection, reliably low prices, all the parts your car will ever need. Rockauto.com. All right, Isaac, we've been talking about this story. I guess it's a story. John Hollinger wrote in The Athletic his BORD rankings, his board rankings, saying how much a player, it's an algorithm saying how much a player is going to make in free agency. Jalen Brunson came out of that algorithm at $29.3 million, which to me is way too much and way more than we've even heard him projected as. You know, Mark Stein had that report recently that he was going to make what it was like 21, $21.3 million was kind of Mark Stein's uh, estimation of it. And so this is way more than that. Um, according to John Hollinger, he said, quote, as a small guard coming off a career year, this board valuation is likely at the high end of where the league sees Brunson, but he should be able to get into the $25 million a year range. 
Yeah. I mean, it before the playoffs, I were like I was like 18, 19. Now obviously it's moved up. You know, I, I still expect in that like 22 to 23 range. I mean, but here's the thing, it's like Dallas has to pay it. So like there's just no other way around it. You're not letting him walk. You can't let him walk. Nope. You can't get into a game with it of like, all right, well, here's our stance. Go see what you can get. Like, give us a chance too. He's not restricted. So he can legit, like, the, if the Knicks make some crazy move super quick or on draft night or some, I mean, we just saw a trade over the past few days, you know, Jermichael Green and that whole thing and Denver picking up another first and OKC using some of their, you know, cap space. That was one of the teams that has cap space that could, help yep. some teams like Knicks create space. But I mean, Dallas has to pay it. So no matter what it is, it's part of it. Hollinger said he even mentioned the Knicks. Like it'd be really hard for the Knicks to try and create enough space to be able to, to do a deal like this, or even a $25 million deal like what Brunson is probably going to get. But he said it would put the Mavs about $30 million over the luxury tax line and produce a whopping $85 million check to the league that Mark, Mark Cuban will have to dish out. And then all of a sudden he'll be hitting the wine the wine, the wine. I think the wine. He, he, it's the fourth one that gets me on that drop. He'd be like, "Hey Theo, can you sit down now?" Like, <laughs> I think I'll cut back on those fines now. So that's interesting. Let us know in the comments what you think about Jalen Brunson and his uh, valuation. We'll we'll learn soon enough. July first, I'm guessing. <laughs> we'll, yeah, we'll, yeah, we'll probably soon. figure out when he what he gets what he makes. So let's talk about Kendall Brown, the draft prospect from Baylor, the six seven. Uh, foot six foot seven inch wing <laughs> from Baylor, six eleven wingspan, two hundred pounds. He's gonna be nineteen years old at the time of the draft. The one sentence from NBA.com says, "Athletic forward with great quickness and remarkable leaping ability, who made an instant impact on both ends at Baylor, but still has room to grow as a scorer and a stopper." The ringer said, "A high flyer who finishes." Everything above the rim, though he needs to progress as a shooter. Isaac Harris, what did you see from Kendall Brown at Baylor? Well, one, you know, he plays down the road, so I wonder if that, you know, if the Mavs, you know, watched him play, you know, this this past season uh, with him playing uh, at Baylor. Um, <laughs> but no, I mean, you you naturally compare him to the other wings in this range of you know the guys that we've been talking about. He looks it looks like as far as availability, different mocks, seeing all these people talk about it, it's like all right, in the first round, maybe in the thirties. It's this 19-year-old kid played one season at Baylor, super springy. He goes to the combine, 41-inch vertical. You know, he's one of the top, you know, top vertical numbers there as far as lane agility, all that stuff. Measure, you know, does well in all of those, um, all those drills and stuff. Like you said, he measured well, 6'7, 6'8, 6'11 wingspan. You watch him at Baylor. He's really good in transition. He's a really good cutter. Like we talked about how good Wendell Moore is at cutting to the basket. He Kendall Brown's pretty dang good at cutting to the basket too, knowing when to cut, how he cuts to the basket. Um, it's just outside of that, when you start comparing different wings, you start asking the question. It's like when I look at wings, especially in this range, it's like, all right, how can you fit into the three and D kind of like box in the sense of like, how good are you at defense? How good are you at shooting? And like, where's your athleticism? He is a super springy pogo stick athlete. Like he's going to throw it down really fun in transition. Great transition numbers. The shooting is kind of misleading in a sense of like, he only had what 41 attempts last year, 38 attempts somewhere through there from three. It's, it's kind of streaky. And even on defense too, 
The defense is a little inconsistent. It's a little streaky. I didn't watch ever Baylor game, but reading all about it, watching some of the clips and watching some of the and looking at some of his synergy numbers, he doesn't have the best defensive metrics in the world, if you want to say that. So I'm just I'm really curious of if people are all in on him, especially with him being, you know, Dallas. There's a lot of, you know, Baylor Bear Mavs overlap in the Venn diagram. <laughs> So if you guys were listening on the podcast, Isaac did the like, here's the church, here's here's the steeple, <laughs> open the doors and there's no people thing. I just found myself, <laughs> the more I watch him, I I could I could see how teams like, hey, let's swing for a six eight super athlete, like we'll we'll bank on the shot and stuff. I just found myself liking some of the other wing prospects more than Kendall Brown. This is a risk. <laughs> and this is a risk that you start trying to figure out, okay. Which players in the NBA are like him? You start trying to figure out, you know, let's make some comps. The ringer had like Grant Williams, which we don't think is a good comp. Uh, yeah, <laughs> you don't see that there. comp at all. And then you start, who are the other ones that, that, that the uh, the no ceilings draft guys had? So, yeah, the, the no ceilings guys had Juan Toscano Anderson. They had Aaron Gordon. That one's but good. then that one's they had good. a great one in Gerald Wallace. That's great. The problem is those guys just don't exist in the NBA right now. It's hard to find a comp for a, a super incredible athlete that can't really shoot, can't really handle the ball, isn't really that great on defense. Like all of a sudden you're trying to box this guy into what's his role. It's just in transition. It's just like cutting and that stuff is cool and all, but you have to be an incredible defender to be that role in the NBA. And so for that reason, I'm out to borrow, yeah. the, to borrow the Shark yeah. Tank colloquialism. And, you know, so I was listening to, I tweeted out, you know, a few days ago, but I was listening to Raphael and friend of the pod. Raphael Barlow, future, NBA Big Born. Yeah. And I was listening to, you know, his, one of the last, um, it was like players rising up the draft boards. It was last week. I think it was Friday's pod of last week. And they were talking about Jake LaRavia and they were talking about how like, Hey, he's skilled across the board. But the common thing, I'm like, wow, this is a subtweet at me right here. (laughs) But he's like, the common thing about LaRavia is the, is like, he's skilled, he's skilled across the board, but he doesn't have a high ceiling. And I'm like, I literally said that. And honestly, he he may have gotten it from you. (laughs) He's told me he listens to the pod. But he was talking about like the stereotypes and the problem with stereotypes sometimes is if a, if a guy is super athletic and raw, then the, the common theme is. Well, he has a lot of upside. Yeah. But if a guy is like skilled across the board and he's like polished and it's like, well, okay, well, he has a low ceiling, but like he, you know, the upside, I just don't know how much upside is there. Cause he's, and I'm like, dude, I feel so like convicted in that because I'm like, I'm right there. Like I, I was saying that and I fall into that trap. Sometimes you think a guy like Jalen Brunson, I tweeted out that quote and somebody re- responded. I was like, yeah, it's the same thing with Jalen Brunson that. He didn't, you know, he doesn't have the athleticism, doesn't have some of this other stuff, but like he was so good across the board that he gets kind of overlooked. And he, we didn't hear the term upside and all of that with Jalen Brunson, but with some of these. So like, I think when you look at a guy like Kendall Brown, you look at the center matchup we did, of, you know, back last week of Jalen Williams from Arkansas versus Christian Coloco from Arizona that you could say, Christian Coloco, look at all this upside. But Jalen Williams, you're probably not talking about a lot of upside when he's really good at a lot of different things. So I don't know. I mean, th- this is me being parachute guy into the draft process, you know, right after the season starts. But that's just kind of I, I don't know how I feel about Kendall Brown and his role in the NBA, especially if his shots not there. He's just a really athletic guy, kind of like a would Gerald Wallace work in today's NBA? 
I, I the thing about Gerald Wallace though is he was a good ball handler and he was a really good passer. Like he had that other stuff to his game that added, to, and he was an incredible defender, like incredible yeah. post yeah. defender, really good on the perimeter. Like he could do a bunch of other stuff. Now he was stuck with the Bobcats for a while and didn't really get to showcase it a lot, but like he had a lot of other skills to his game. Kendall Brown to me screams like Josh Jackson, Derek Williams, uh, Wesley Johnson, like some of these guys that got drafted really high because you look at their. You look at their athletic profile, you say, oh, dang, this dude, if he adds these skills, like you were saying, if he adds these skills, then all of a sudden he could be an incredible player. He could do what Andrew Wiggins just did. Like, athletically, he's just as good as Andrew Wiggins. And we just saw what Andrew Wiggins did in Game 5, the NBA Finals. But he doesn't have the skills of an Andrew Wiggins. The jump shot is not anywhere close to what Andrew Wiggins is. This is setting it up perfectly for... Somebody that goes to Baylor that is going to be DMing us. Jason Lippert. Jason Lippert is going to come right after me. <laughs> Somebody is going to write us the Hobbit in a DM and be like, "You don't know what you're supposed to talk about." I probably, I might, I may not, and I'll, I'll be. And I'm going to write back and tell you, go visit the Bears on campus, okay? <laughs> because, but no, I mean, he just on paper, you're like 19 year old, six eight, six seven, super athlete. We know, like, you get why he's staying in the draft. Some team will swing on him at the end of the first or in the first, but he seems like an like a thirties type of swing. Second and, round swing for him there, and that's where everybody has him. Rafael has him at thirty five. The Ringer had him at thirty three. ESPN mocked him at thirty four. The Athletic had him at thirty. So like we're not talking. I, I know I make all these comparisons like Josh Jackson, some of these guys that went top five, top ten. He's not being mocked there. This is a flyer yeah. that you would take. This is a risk, which is why I started this with he's a risk prospect. Like you take him with the thought of okay. We're bringing this guy in. It's got great athleticism. If he can add a shot, now he made thirty-four percent of his threes. He didn't take a ton of them, but he made he made yeah. some. He made you know a decent amount of his threes, and his shot is not terribly. It's not broken, right? It's not it's not awful. No, no. It's where you look I'm at it and, out you go, on and you go Ben Simmons, but he does have to add these skills, and it's hard to add these skills at the next level in the NBA, especially yeah. when it's defense, shooting, and ball handling. It's like all the three things that you need to add as a wing here, and so. That's why it, it, it's interesting to me, and I, I don't think the Mavs should take him. They don't have they don't have the time to bring it on, around a guy like this. I'd much rather take a guy with either a ready made shot or ready made on defense. Like I'd rather have Bochamp yeah. than him. Yeah, me too. And that's why I'm, I'm like I'm not out on him. I just like a lot of the dudes around his range more. But are you and out on him for the Mavs? I th- it depends on who's on, who's on the board. Like that, that's the thing, which I think just by process of how many picks are before the, for the Mavs, there's some of these other guys that we've talked about, Bochamp, EJ Liddell, which Liddell will probably be gone. Yeah. Like there's just some of these other guys that I'm like, yeah, I like, I like Wendell more, more than Kendall Brown. Like I just like some of these guys more than Kendall Brown, it, but it doesn't like, for instance, if Dallas moved back, let's say they took the Orlando type of deal yeah, and said, Hey, Orlando picks. moves up and then they get two picks in the thirties and they use one of those picks on Kendall Brown. Sure, sweet six six eight springy guy. You took a swing is it, on. Is it not the Tyrell the, the Tyler Bay Tyrell Terry situation all over again? If they do that, they just got to hit on one of those. If they do that again, I like both of those guys personally. I so did too. Hard. I like that it's hard whole, for me. To, besides the Sadiq Bay Josh Green thing, we loved that draft. I talked to both those dudes on the phone like the week that they got drafted and i i love talking with both those kids and yeah i, I thought it's a bummer yeah i thought at least one of them would would, would hit and it just it's, not, it's hard for those second round guys to hit i was about tyler bay man i thought he would fit but he had them he had the mold right. he just didn't have a shot and it's and it's kind yeah. of a very similar thing here yeah so that's kendall brown i'm sure 
you know, Waco people will tell us about more about sick them, sick them, sick them locked on Mavs hosts. <laughs> I will tell you this: the more I watched Kendall Brown tape film highlights, the more I like Jeremy Sohan. So, <laughs> uh, because that is like I, a real niche like draft joke you just made. Well, no, well, I'm just saying I, he's going to like the more I watch Baylor, I found myself saying, all right, well, I'm here to watch Kendall Brown. I'm not here to watch Sohan. So and I was like watching more of Sohan's passes and stuff. I'm like, oh, dang, like because I haven't watched a ton of Sohan because he's not going to be in Dallas's range. Yeah. So I'm like, oh, dang, I kind of want to watch more about it. I wanna, <laughs> now I know the hype around this guy. I like this guy. There you go. So yeah. don't just just sick him half of half of us, not all of us. Yeah. No. There you go. That's Kendall Brown. Guys, let us know what you think in the comments below about the Mitchell Robinson situation, the Mavs at center. Who do you want the Mavs to take? What do you think about the Danny Green and number 23 in the draft for the for the trade exception? Let us know about all that in the comments. You can also find us anywhere you get your podcast. Thanks for making Lockdown Mavs your first listen. We, we mentioned a couple times, but go listen to Lockdown NBA Big Board. Rafael Barlow does yeah. a great job. We're going to have him on sometime this week to talk about Mavs. He's joined by Richard Stamen, Mavs Draft a bunch throughout the, the next week or so to, to talk about the draft, mock drafts, player rankings, everything. Locked on NBA Big Board, wherever you get your podcasts and on YouTube. Guys, thanks so much for listening to Locked on Mavs. Boom!